But what we can do is help our heads feel a bit more like the balloonist or the canoeist. And that's a much better place to be if we're going to be effective and focused and deal with what we've got going on. Hello and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now, on with the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 37. Thank you for tuning in, downloading, connecting. However you're listening to this, we're ever so grateful that you are. And I know that we've got some excellent stuff for you in this episode. Now, this is the final episode in our series on planning and structuring your day to help you get focus and put your attention on the right things to be in control. In episode 34, we showed you why you should sometimes say no and how to do it. In episode 35, we looked at how to identify what's important. And in the last one, number 36, we put together the five tools to help you structure your day. Now, if you did the interactive bits of that episode, you should have a few things ready for the next stage, but don't worry if you didn't. Don't worry if you don't have these things because there's still an awful lot that you'll get out of this one. But if you did those things, you should have something that looks a bit like clarity on your purpose, a handful of priority areas that you're going to focus on to support that purpose, and then the five tools, a notebook, an action list, buckets, a calendar, and a routine. I was kind of whispering into the microphone there. I felt like I was talking to a select group of people that have done the interactive stuff. I don't know. You might all have done it. But whether you have or not, it doesn't matter because there's loads of good stuff in this episode. So have a listen. Steal the good tips that work on their own anyway. And if you want to go back and do the prep stuff, then you can. Because that's the beauty of podcasts. You can do it when and how it suits you. The good news is that you will all get something out of this episode. Well. Apart from him at the back. Excuse me. Yeah, you. You're not paying attention at all, are you? Come on, get off your phone. We've got people here that want to make a change in their life. Come to the front. I've got my eye on you. Sorry about that. There's always one, isn't there? So this episode is all about the big day. Uh, I don't mean like a wedding day. I mean any day. Your day. It's easy in life, isn't it, to get into the same shit, different day routine, or let them blur into one. But time is precious, and each day that passes is one day closer to, well, I don't want to sound morbid, but, you know, we've all only got a limited number. So if you want to run the day instead of the day running you, credit to Jim Rohn for that phrase, we're going to show you how to take control. So come on, let's go. What are your days like at the moment? Maybe your day is a bit like paddling a canoe serenely along a calm, tranquil waterway with only the birds and the trees for company. Ah. Or perhaps it's more like gliding along in a hot air balloon. Serene, calm, looking at the view, feeling the warmth of a sunrise, bathing your face in its golden glow.
Or maybe it's more like pedalling a rusty bicycle while carrying 22 kittens along a 10-lane highway, fighting for space with tankers, sports cars and scooters as you try to negotiate potholes, storms and wayward pedestrians. While all the time, an army of incredibly cute but angry puppies are trying to steal your cats and belligerent lorry drivers are attempting to run you off the road, sending you careering into a ditch, arms and legs flailing, wheels spinning, while the thought goes around and around your head, does it always have to be like this? Well, if your day's like the first two, then you might not need the structure that we've been talking about to help make your day better. But if you recognise any bit of how our kitten-carrying cyclist might feel, I think we might be able to help you. In this episode, we're going to talk about actually doing the day, and it'll be in three sections. So we're going to start by planning the day, then we'll look at the stuff which will come up as you go through the day, and then finally, we'll have a look at an end-of-day review. And we're going to do the day together, you and me, as if we were working together. I'd quite like to work with you. Where do you work? So let's start off by planning our day. Now, we've said before that we should always ask ourselves some questions when we're planning our day. My choice of questions come from Peter Bregman's 18 minutes model. So at the start of my morning planning, I ask myself, what will make this day highly effective? What can I realistically accomplish in my areas of focus? And what will leave me feeling productive and successful at the end of the day? You can choose whatever questions work for you, but the aim is to be clear on what are your priorities and what are the actions that you can take today which will help you make progress and move you towards your wider goals. Now, if you did the interactive stuff from the previous episodes, you'll already have a clear list of priorities and an action list to choose from. All you do is look at your priority areas of focus and then select three things from your action list to support those priorities. But if you haven't done that prep yet or you haven't had chance or you haven't even listened to the previous episodes, you can plan your day by asking yourself this question. What are the three things that if I did them today, they would make my life easier, better, or help me make progress towards my bigger goals? Now, the trick here is to only pick three. You cannot do everything you've got outstanding today. Let's not kid ourselves that we think we can. And when we've picked three things that will help us make progress, we block off some time in our calendar to do them. Now, I find an hour for each of those things is a pretty good amount of time, still leaves you at least another five hours to do all the reactive, urgent stuff. So that's simple and straightforward if you've got three obvious things. But what if you've got lots to choose from? How do you narrow it down to three? Well, a good tool to help is the urgent, important test. Now, if you don't know what this is, it's a very nifty way of putting things in order. I found a lovely resource at mindtools.com, which tells you all about it. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But basically, all you're doing is looking at each thing in the list that you're choosing from and deciding, is it urgent? Yes or no. And is it important? Yes or no. 
Now, urgent is it's got a short deadline on, so it needs doing soon, which is fairly obvious. But by important, what we mean by important is that it's important to you because it will help you make progress on a bigger goal. So just to repeat that, important means important to you because that thing will help you make progress on the bigger things. So you've got your list of things that you're trying to narrow down. We're trying, if we can, to pick three things which are important and ideally not urgent. But the key is, whether they're urgent or not, they're important. So by now, in planning our day, we should have three things which are important, ideally not urgent, and we take those three things and we block off some time in our calendar to do them today. Now, at this point, we'll also be thinking about when in the day we're going to do them. So let me give you some tips for timing. The first one is eat the frog. You don't, you don't need to eat an actual frog. I can't imagine that would be either important or urgent. But if you do have something important that you're not going to enjoy doing, do it first before anything else. Because that way, the rest of your day is positive because you've got this horrible thing out of the way. The second thing to think about is your energy levels. And think about as your energy levels go up and down, when in the day is the time where you're likely to have the right energy for the thing that you're picking. And the third thing is planning breaks and movement. We must take some breaks, even if they're just short ones. And if you're at a desk, we certainly need to move around. So we've taken five minutes to plan our day. It's probably taken me longer to explain it to you than it will take you to do it. But we've got our three important tasks in place and we know what we're doing with them and when. Now, for the purpose of this day that we're doing together, let's imagine that we've planned an hour in for our three actions and they're in the calendar at nine o'clock, 12 o'clock and four o'clock. The last thing you're going to do before you get started is set a chime or a beep. And that's going to go off every hour to check in that we're on course. That's a chime or a beep. And in the show notes, you'll see some questions that you can use when that beep goes off to help you check in with yourself. So let's hold hands and start our day. God blimey, your hands are warm, isn't it? Anyway, let's get into our day. So the beep has gone off. It's that our beep sounds a bit like um, putting your seatbelts on, doesn't it, on an airplane? Maybe that works. Maybe, maybe the day is us hurtling along in the sky, and the seatbelt thing is just making sure every hour we're just checking in and secure. I don't know. Somehow it works. Okay, it's a weak link. I just like the sound. <laughs> so we're an hour in, and our chime has gone off. Let's see where we've got to. Well, we spent our first hour doing the first of one of our three key actions, so that's done. And now it's time to take a look around us. Let's just see what's come up and what there is to do in this day that we're doing together. Now, as this imaginary day moves on in this episode, we're going to look at the different kinds of thing that might come up. And I'm going to give you a technique or a solution for each one which can help you. So this is scenario number one, and let's start with the simple stuff. So in this first scenario, 
we've been presented with a single thing, like an email or a colleague is asking us a question. Whatever the thing is, if doing the thing completely will take less than two minutes or less time than it would to put into a system, do it there and then. So this is called the two-minute rule. Now, many people who have studied David Allen's GTD have said that the two-minute rule is the one thing that they'd wish they'd adopted years ago. It's so simple, but it is really powerful. I said we'd keep it simple. That's scenario number one. You've got a single thing to do, and it can be done in less than two minutes. Solution number one is use the two-minute rule first. Okay, so our chime has gone off again, and we're now two hours into our day. So we're going to carry on with our day, and this time we'll look at scenario number two. So this is where you have a thing come along which will take more than two minutes. So the sorts of things that could fit into this category in the day that we're doing together is we've got a report that needs doing for Mr. Redman, the car desperately needs servicing, and we promise to take the kids to the library. Now, if you don't have a system to place these things into, you can still deal with this kind of scenario really well by taking the following approach. Firstly, stop and think about the thing that you've been presented with. What is it? What does it mean to you? And then what action or actions would you have to do to fully do this thing? And by action, I mean a verb, a doing word. So let's go back and look at our examples. So the first one is that we've got a report that needs doing for Mr. Redman. If we rewrite that sentence as an action, the action could be maybe the first thing you do with the report is um, putting together an outline. So the action is outline Redmond report. So you see how the very first word is the action, outline. The car service, well, that becomes two actions. Call the garage to book the car in for the service and book a rail ticket for the day because we haven't got a car. So again, each one starting with the action call and book. And so the promised trip to the library becomes talk to your three children and agree a time on Saturday to go to the library. So again, two actions there with the verbs talk and agree. Once you're clear on the action word and the full action, write it down quickly. Now, it doesn't matter where you write it, so long as it's safe and you can get back to it when you've got the time to carry it out. The benefit of doing it this way is that when you come to do it, you're clear on the action and you can get straight on with it. Now, in reality, you're going to get three, four, five, maybe even more of these things in any given day. So eventually, you will need a system to manage them. And the good news is I've shared a system with you in the last three episodes. Now, if you're using the same system as me, each time something like this comes up, which you can't do in less than two minutes, it's time for your notebook, your action list, and your bucket. So what we've done now is we've parked that thing until we can get to it. And we've done our future selves a favour by thinking about the action that we need to do. So that's scenario number two. You've got a thing come along which will take more than two minutes. Solution number two, write it down as an action and put it on a list as a minimum, or even better than a list, put it into a trusted system. Just a note here on buckets for those people that have done the interactive stuff. Although in this particular day that we're doing together, we're concentrating on these individual scenarios and the stuff that's in our calendar, we know that in the real world, we wouldn't just do one thing each hour. So for those of you that have got buckets, 
Every time you get a gap, we should be working through the actions in our buckets, depending on what context we find ourselves in, whether it's the brain-dead bucket, the full-focus bucket, the errand bucket, and so on. Okay, so another hour has passed in our day. We're three hours in now, so let's just check in where we're at. We've got the first big task done. We've looked at the first scenario, which was a simple thing, and applied the two-minute rule. And we've looked at the second scenario, and we had three things there that will take longer than two minutes, so we've written them as actions. By my guess, it's probably about midday in this day that we're doing, so we're now going to tackle the second big task. But before we do that, here's an advert from our sponsor. No, we don't have any sponsors. So if you represent the Tomato Marketing Board or a company that makes mattresses which can fold up into a small box and you'd like to sponsor us, feel free to get in touch. But in the meantime, this podcast remains free of charge at the point of delivery. And all the investment of time and money that I put in is because I want to make it good for you, the listener. And if you agree, I'd really appreciate you telling someone. Do a review on iTunes, share it, you know the stuff. Put that on your to-do list. Share Sharp for Steve. I'd really appreciate it. Have you put it on your to-do list yet? Oh, hang on. Fab. So it's one o'clock. So let's check in again. We've done our important task. One of the questions in the list of questions you can ask yourself when your chime goes off every hour is, am I being who I most want to be right now? Well, at about one o'clock, I'm being hungry. And in this day, uh, it's one o'clock, so what are we, we going to do in the next hour? Well, we'll take half an hour to eat and then talk to Jeff about last week's results. I like Jeff. He's great. He's a friend of Jane. So let's fast forward one hour. Okay, so now it's two o'clock. So we're now going to look at the third kind of scenario. So scenario number three is being presented with two or more things that are jostling for our attention and they all want our attention now. So these might be things that have just appeared in the day or maybe we're going through our action list or buckets and we found a few things that really now need our attention. How do we decide which one to do first? Well, it's simple. We go back to the urgent and important test again. The beauty of this tool is it's not just for planning. You can use it as a tactical tool as well. So let's say we're presented with a choice of three things. Um, we've got an email from the boss who wants a reply in 10 minutes on something that she needs for a meeting that she's just about to go into. Jane has asked for some help with a spreadsheet and your phone's ringing and it's your son's school. So we need to quickly sort the choices by urgent or important. Well, if your child's school's on the phone, I'd say that's likely to be important and urgent, especially if they don't ring you very often. The boss's email, now, that might feel urgent and important because it's the boss. But remember, the test is, is it important to you? So for us, it's probably urgent but it may not be important. And Jane's asked for help. Um, well, that doesn't seem as important as the other two, and she hasn't got to finish this thing tomorrow, so it's not urgent. 
The ones which are urgent and important, well, the school's on the phone, so clearly we've got to do that first. We've not got much choice. If it's urgent but not important, can we just ditch them? So in this case, where the boss has asked for a reply, well, we probably don't have the option to just ignore it. Um, so the next question is, could we get someone else to do it? If neither of those things are an option, get them done quickly. And if, if they're not important, then you might not need to worry too much about the quality. But what about Jane? Well, we don't think it's urgent. It might count as important because it's nice to help people. Or there may be something that Jane is particularly good at that in the future she may be able to help you. Whatever your reason is, can we block off some time over the next few hours? Or maybe put it at the top of an action list ready to do once the urgent stuff is cleared. And of course, as always, if something is neither urgent nor important, we really should ditch it. So that's scenario number three. You've got a number of things needing your attention now, and you can't do them all at the same time. Solution number three is use the urgent, important method to sort them quickly to get them done. Okay, so it's three o'clock. Where are we now? So we've done the two big tasks. We've sorted some simple things. We've placed some bigger jobs into our action list or into our system. We've tackled some urgent stuff. The good news about the phone call from the school is that it was just some confusion over a PE kit. So what are we going to do for the next hour? Well, this brings me on to a final scenario, which is a category of stuff that I've grouped together. Scenario number four. So this can be described as an electronic kind of activity, which we deal with every day, and it usually comes in the form of something which buzzes, pings, flashes, or in some way says, Hello, look at me. I'm talking about emails, text messages, social media notifications, that kind of thing. Now, we covered emails in full in episode 20, so I'm not going to give you a rundown on an email strategy here. But for the stuff that comes up in a day, we get input from loads of places these days, don't we? And often, more so by electronic methods than any other. So there are three things that you can do to reduce the impact and streamline how you deal with this stuff. The first thing is... Turn the notifications off. Now let me explain why, because for some people, this makes them really anxious. So for each email or text or whatever communication that you receive, the very relevant things are what's the content and, of course, how urgent and important is the content. Now, your notification buzzer doesn't give you any of that information. It doesn't tell you the content and it doesn't tell you if it's important. In fact, all it seems to do is make everything seem urgent. So turn it off. Now, I'm not suggesting that we just ignore this communication, although that would be nice sometimes, wouldn't it? But the better way to review these items is to set aside some check-in time. So for emails, I choose three times a day when I spend 20 minutes working through my inbox, clearing, processing, and moving things into my system. It's my email bucket. And you can do the same for text messages, social media messages, anything which puts the communication into an inbox. By doing this, you'll actually spend less time reading and processing the communication, which gives you more time to do the thing that it needs you to do. Now, some of you might say, 
What if the email or the text message is urgent? Well, the second part of this solution is set out your expectations. If someone thinks that it's all right to email you or text you and for them to ask you to contact them urgently, why can't they just call you? And of course, each time that you respond to suit them in this kind of situation, they won't change. Now, remember, your success, your productivity, your long-term goals are important. Other people's goals, well, if they work for the same company, they might be complementary, but they are often not the same as yours. So let people know that if they need you urgently, they can call you. Otherwise, if they need something, but it's not urgent, then they can email or text or whatever your chosen communication method is. And while we're setting expectations and reducing the volume of our inbox, if you get emails from companies that you don't want to read, unsubscribe immediately. If you get messages or emails from people about trivia, don't respond. And if there are people who you need to regularly stay in touch with, then set up a regular call or a catch-up. That's a much better way of keeping in contact than a constant slurry of emails. So if you've done those first two things, if you've turned off your notifications and you're using a check-in time instead to read them, and you set realistic expectations, then what you've got left is stuff you need to deal with. And all you do is follow the same steps that we've already covered in this episode. So whatever each communication is asking of you, be clear in your mind what you need to do with it. If you can complete it in two minutes, do it and finish it. And if you can't, put it onto an action list or into our system. And if you have a number of messages which need dealing with quickly, use the urgent, important principle. So that's scenario number four, electronic communications. And solution number four is turn the notifications off, set expectations, and then treat them like any other input. Two-minute rule, put into your system, urgent, important. Okay, so it's four o'clock. We're getting towards the end of the day. Where are we now? So we've got our emails cleared. Feels like the day's going well. One of the questions we can ask ourselves each hour is, how do we feel? And I feel all right, um, although I know I've still got one more important task to do, and I'm a little bit anxious that it's four o'clock and something might come up in the last hour. But I get my head down anyway. It's not the end of the world if I don't get this one finished, but it would be great if I can. So it's now the end of the day. It's been busy, long and hard work. And we feel like we want to go home now or do whatever it is that we do to relax and unwind. But there is one more important step and it will only take five minutes. And that is our end of day review. So we should quickly review the day by asking ourselves some questions. And again, I use Peter Bregman's 18 minutes questions and they are... Did I get it all done? How did my day go? What were the successes and what were the challenges? What did I learn today about myself or other people? What do I plan to do differently or the same tomorrow? And who did I interact with? Is there anybody that I need to update or thank or ask a question? So let's answer those questions in light of how our day went that we just did together. Did I get it all done? Yep. I got my three important tasks completed. How did my day go? What were the successes? Well, I think in terms of successes, we set our plan to choose three things. 
and we use the urgent, important test to choose them. Uh, we use the two-minute rule to get lots of simple things done. And there were some tasks that were bigger than a two-minute job, but I got them written down as an action and they're into our action list. I got a fair few jobs cleared from my buckets. What were the challenges? Well, there were some points where I had to use the urgent important test when everything was happening at once, but I think we got those things sorted. What did I learn today about myself and others? Well, I learned that the system works. And I also learned that I'm probably a better person to work with when I feel like I'm calm and in control. I'm not passing my anxiety on to other people. What do I plan to do differently or the same tomorrow? Well, I might not leave the third important task until four o'clock because I almost didn't make that. Who did I interact with? Anyone I need to update? Thank. Um, well, I had some good interaction with Jeff and I booked some time tomorrow with Jane to help with her spreadsheet. So by asking ourselves questions like this, we do a number of things. We allow our brain to reflect on what's worked and what hasn't. And it's really helpful to do this in the moment while it's still relatively fresh in our mind and we're less likely to forget stuff. It helps us get clarity on how we feel. So if it's been a tough day, it forces us to try and work out what are the good things that have happened today. And if it's been a great day, then it makes sure that we still challenge ourselves to see, is there anything that we could have done differently? Whatever conclusions we come to, they can be terrifically helpful in making sure that we keep doing what works and find a way to change what doesn't. And most importantly, we give some thought to how we can do it all over again even better tomorrow, when we're going to be presented with another new day and a whole new set of opportunities. Now, sometimes we can't stop the day around us being like the 10-lane highway kitten and bicycle situation. But what we can do is help our heads feel a bit more like the balloonist or the canoeist. And that's a much better place to be if we're going to be effective and focused and deal with what we've got going on. Now, if you're someone that listens to the whole episode each time, and maybe you do that because you like the outtakes or the mentions that we do right at the end, you'll know that just before the music ends, I say the same thing every time. And it's this, don't waste time comparing yourself to anyone else. The only person you should try to be better than is the person that you were yesterday. Now I think, in fact, I know that this method that we've covered helps me be clear on what I need to do in order to be better than I was yesterday. So I hope this session has been really helpful to everyone that's listened to it, to those people over here on this side of the audience who did loads of work to prepare and look at setting up a structure. Hopefully you can see clearly now how you can make this really work in the real world. And trust me, it does. I do it every day. And to the audience over this side, those people that haven't had chance to do the interactive stuff or listen to the previous episodes, I hope that not only did you get a few good nuggets of things to help you, but more importantly, I've inspired you to go back to episode 34 with fresh ears, listen again, and set up a structure that really works for you. Well, there's a lot there. And I call it value for money. You pay me nothing and I give you all this stuff. That seems like value to me. But as I've said before, if you need any help, please don't hesitate to contact me. You can do it via the contact page on the website, which is sharppodcast.com, one word, two Ps, 
or on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Our name is the same on all three. It's at Sharp Podcast. And I've even got an email account set up now. So the address for that is, wait for it. No, it's not what you're thinking. It's sharpthepodcast at gmail.com. So if you just want some clarification on anything I've said, or you're struggling with any bits of what we've talked about, I'm really happy to talk to you, just you know, get in contact one way or another, and um, I'm happy to see what I can do to help. Next time, I'm going to find something completely different for us to look at. But before we finish, here are the takeaways. Start your day spending five minutes planning it out. Peter Bregman's model is the one I use, and it's in the show notes. Choose three things which will move you forward on your bigger goals. Set a chime to go off every hour. Then start working on your day. Use the two-minute rule for simple single things as they come along. Anything that will take more than two minutes, decide what the action is and then put it on a list or into the system. When the chime goes off, check in with yourself and deliberately recommit to what you're going to do with your next hour. When you have multiple choices come along, use the urgent important test. Turn your email and app notifications off. Set expectations about how you communicate with people. If you get lots of electronic communications, set up dedicated times in the day to handle them. Process everything using the same principles. The two-minute rule, put it in your system, and use urgent and important. Spend five minutes at the end of the day asking yourself the key questions about the day. And take our recommendation to go back to episode 34 and do them all again interactively if you haven't done so already. All the links, resource and articles I've used in this episode will be in the show notes right there on your device. Hopefully you'll find them helpful and useful and hopefully you'll find this whole podcast helpful and useful. I hope you do and I do spend a lot of time and effort making sure it's relevant, helpful and entertaining enough for you to listen to. If you agree and you'd like to show your support, there are several ways you can do it. You could go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or a great review, which would be fab. Alternatively, you can share the podcast on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We are at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. Or you could even show someone how to subscribe on their phone or their device. And finally, on the website, sharppodcast.com, you can leave feedback, subscribe or go and listen to the archive episodes. I'm off. I hope you're able to find one thing before our next episode that you can do, which will help you get better. And remember, don't waste time comparing yourself to anyone else. The only person you should try to be any better than is the person that you were yesterday. Bye-bye. Hey, man!